0: Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. Uh, I am your host, David Rethemeyer, and I am joined, as always, by my host, Abraham Chen. Abe, this is an episode of Conversations, the first episode of Unbound Conversations for Season 5. What guest are we joined by this week? David, we are with Paul Hastings today. He
1: is a guest that we've been very much looking forward to. Paul is a podcaster, speaker, and entrepreneur. He has uh, done a wide variety of different things from film to marketing to being involved in the political arena. But now he is the host and the main organizer for the Compelled podcast. This is an amazing podcast where he sits down to talk to other Christians uh, from around the world telling their incredible stories i will let paul do most of his own introduction there's a lot more from his story but i'm looking forward to
0: hearing what he has to say well ladies and gentlemen i invite you to please enjoy the episode Well, Paul, we are extraordinarily excited to have you joining us for this episode today. Uh, We have had uh, quite a few technical issues uh, before getting this show started, but having hopefully, fingers crossed, knocking on wood, uh, gotten those sorted out, we are very happy to be joined by you today. Yes. Yes.
2: That's right. That's right. If I was more charismatic, I'd be like, Satan's trying to prevent this conversation from happening because I have such a deep <laughs> message to share with y'all. And oh, uh, well, you may have to cut hey, that out. Sorry, Michael. The Lord <laughs> works
1: in mysterious ways, and we will see what's up. But uh, genuinely, we are very glad that you're on. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you come from. Let's kick off this conversation. And uh, yeah, where did you grow up? Um, yeah. Yeah. We want to talk about your education. We'll touch on that in a second, yeah. but yes.
2: Yeah, cool story. So uh, so I am from Austin, Texas. My mom immigrated to the United States when she was 17 years old. She's from Thailand, and uh, she dropped out of high school in Thailand, came to America, uh, and she dropped out of high school in America as well. So she got her GED, so she's a high school dropout. My dad, on the other hand, he uh, was raised by sixth-generation Texans, sixth-generation Texans. Uh, and so, uh, they were lifelong public school teachers, but then he too dropped out of high school, I think at 10th or 11th grade. And so, uh, these two high school dropouts eventually met each other, got married and decided to homeschool their kids. Uh, you know, go figure. Right. And, uh, so uh, that's, that's kind of the the funny way that the, the story began there. Uh, but actually, no, they both got, uh, they went, got advanced degrees. My dad was a computer programmer, uh, got his master's. Worked on a PhD for a little while, but did not finish that. So really cool upbringing. Uh, fun story. We moved to Austin, Texas when I was about two years old. I'm now 32. But uh, when my parents moved here, my grandparents, they often moved down here as well. And they bought a house that was right across the street from my parents. And so every morning, I would wake up and I'd walk across the street with my brother and sister. And we would have breakfast with my grandparents. And then my grandparents would then homeschool us. And so I had all these crazy, amazing memories with my grandfather and my grandma and my grandpa. He was like of this old school generation of like teachers. right? He was a retired teacher at this point, but he was a big fan of homeschooling, actually. And I think that was because he had seen like social decline of like American norms in the public school system from like, you know, he started in the 1940s. And finished in the 1980s, right? And during that period of time, like things had just changed a lot. So, anyways, he was a big fan of homeschooling, and uh, he was the kind of guy though, like you know, we'd be reading about something in the, in our history subjects, right? And like suddenly he just stopped, he closed the textbook, and be like, guys, let me tell you, this is how it really happened. And that, uh, and that was just his style of the teaching. It was really fun. And um, I had another story I was going to tell on that. Oh, okay, one last story I got to show you. So. Last thing, though, is uh so now my grandparents, unfortunately, you know, they passed away. uh But the, the property that they purchased, that just stayed in the family. And so it's been vacant for the last 10 years um or 15 years, I guess. And so uh, when my wife and I got married, we needed a place to stay. Because at first we had an apartment in Austin, but like apartments cost a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. And uh, one day we just realized, like, wait a second, there's this vacant lot sitting where, you know, my grandparents used to live. It's just vacant. It's empty. Uh, we could just buy a mobile home and move there. And so six years ago, that's what we did. We bought a mobile home, moved there. And so every morning now, my kids are on my side of the street and not every morning, but many, many days they go and spend time with their grandparents. They walk across the street and have a great time with them and go down to the lake and all sorts of crazy things. It's, it's kind of like this crazy, like a uh, full experience, at least for the Hastings family. <laughs> that is
1: amazing. Um it's so cool to see like the generational thing. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, I've heard in my research as well that you also did um, a version of College Plus for as part of your uh, college. Is that correct?
2: Yes, that's right. I was uh, one of the old guard, as they call us, the OG, the OG College Plus types yes. or whatever. <laughs> Way back in the day, That was like ten years ago.
1: Very cool. Very
2: cool. But uh, tell us more about that, yeah. Okay, so I'll tell you the story. You may have to cut this out. You'll have to decide if you want to keep it. But this is how I became a College <laughs> Plus student. So I I had been aware of College Plus for a long time. I think my dad came across it at some homeschool conference, you know, like 20 years ago when I was 10 years old, right? Now, I had an older brother who was, who was four years older than me. And my older brother, he was super smart. And again, like I told you, like we were raised by these like two high school drafts, right? But like us as kids, like we 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 did really well. Like we excelled in in, in education. We both uh we all started doing uh college, dual credit college classes when we were like all in tenth grade. And so my brother ended up going to Rice University, which is like it's basically like Texas's version of an Ivy League school, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes to uh, Rice University, double majors in physics and math, super smart guy, uh, and then eventually got his PhD in sociology. Anyways, that was his path. And so it cost a lot of money, though. And so, you know, my parents were, like, definitely trying to think of, like, other ways that we could save money. And, like, how is Paul going to go to college? But, like, is he going to go to Rice, too? Like, man, this is going to bankrupt the family. What in the world is going to happen, you know? <laughs> and so my dad found out about College Plus. He told me about it. I even read, like, the original book that the founder of College Plus had written before he even started College <laughs> Plus and all this stuff. And it just went totally over my head, just completely over my head. I wasn't interested in college. I wasn't interested in girls. I was just interested in Legos. That was pretty much it, you know, just like completely over my head. And so uh, so fast forward, life goes on. I ended up doing some dual classes and um, I got my first job. I was like 20 years old, 21, had my first job working for the Texas Homeschool Coalition, which is like a state homeschool mm. organization in Texas.
1: Yes, And uh,
2: they had this end of year fundraising banquet. And because we're in Texas, College Plus used to be based in San Antonio. And so because we were in mm. Texas, College Plus had had was sponsoring part of the the fundraising banquet, and so that evening, uh, you know, th- my boss was up on stage. He, he was, yeah, the president of the Texas Homeschool Coalition, and they recognized me. They, you know, they recognized Paul Hastings. Like, oh, you know, he worked with us this spring. You know, you know, clap for Paul Hastings or whatever. And then, as he's talking, he also casually mentions, like, oh yeah, and by the way, you know, Paul is a College Plus, blah 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 blah. Well, I was not a College Plus student. I'd never enrolled with College Plus. I don't even know where he even got that in his mind that I was a College Plus So I was not a College Plus student at all. But the College Plus president and his vice president and the head of sales and all those guys were at the event. And so as soon as Tim stopped talking about me, those guys just jumped. They were at the front table, right? They jumped up and gave started a standing ovation, right? Like they started the standing ovation. And afterwards, you know, the the vice president of sales comes up. I think it was Woody Robertson. I think it was the vice president. He was VP of something. He comes up like, Paul, it is so great to see you. We are so glad to hear about students. Our students, just like you, are making a difference and an impact and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that's so great, man. But, uh, you know, actually, uh, Tim is totally wrong. I'm not <laughs> one of your students. And Woody's like, oh. <laughs> and he's like, well, and he's like. Well, let, let me fix that. And like the next week, I get a call <laughs> and College Plus gave me a, a year long scholarship. Oh, wow. College wow. Plus. And uh, that's how I ended up becoming a College Plus student. And of course, like, you know, I was probably like, the, the least deserving kid college plus has <laughs> ever had. And I, I was a, I was a terrible student from like, you know, so that's 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 the part you might want to cut. <laughs> out, but, you know, uh, you know, I, I did get my degree, though. I graduated in 2014, mm. finally, with my degree. Uh, from Thomas Edison State University, and I look Let's back go. to my college plus experience with much, much, uh, much fond memories. Oh, Many fond memories. That
0: that is fantastic. Uh, yeah. What
2: <laughs>
0: what a way to get introduced. We we have heard a lot of stories about unusual ways that students have ended up getting enrolled in the program, but that's definitely up there on our list. Yeah, I think the coolest. <laughs> it's pretty close, but. Uh,
2: Thank you, guys. Thank you. I'll take all the credit. I'll take all the credit. Oh,
0: But yeah, so it was, well, it's really cool to hear uh, how you got involved into it. Uh, For those who may be listening in for the first time, College Plus is one of the earliest renditions of what we do here at Unbound currently. Uh, I'd love to get your perspective on how how that different approach to higher education influenced how you have just gone about your career path uh, today
2: yeah that that's a great question actually and you know that's something i've thought about a lot actually um in fact one of the things i do now actually is i i I talk at homeschool conferences and i share about my experience Have done kind of the 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 untraditional approach to higher education three three big takeaways for me one is just like the, the flexibility and scheduling right so like i did college classes in a brick and mortar you know community college i've done those before uh, and they just drained my soul. And, that, and that's not true of everybody, but at least for me, it was just like, oh man, like I've got to come to the, you know, like, because like either I already knew the material and we're just covering stuff that I already knew and I did not need to be in class for, but I had to be there because if I did not show up, I would get in trouble with the teacher or with prof or whatever. Um, or, you know, uh, or it'd be a situation where it's like, I know what I need to study and what we're talking about in class right now is not what I need to study. I need to just like buzz out of class and go back and read through my books, right? Um so, so that was one thing. The second thing was like to be more flexible with my actual schedule. So all throughout my college career, I had a full-time job. I was working full-time, either as a computer programmer, uh, I worked a little bit as a fire technician, fire extinguisher technician, uh, and then I ended up working for the Texas Homeschool Coalition as their policy director and marketing director. And through all of those experiences, like I needed something that was way more flexible with my personal schedule. And so that's why doing the approach like, you know, um online education. The untraditional approach to higher education that was so successful for me at that point because I could simply cram cram for you know tests and courses when the time came, uh, but then if anything popped up, I could just wrap all that up and then work on on, on work or whatever it was. And the third thing also was again thinking about flexibility is I had the opportunity to travel internationally. So I mentioned that my mom's from Thailand, and so uh, you know I had never gone to Thailand until I was twenty years old. Uh, and so at that point I was already doing college online and I had the opportunity to fly to Thailand for 40 days, four zero, 40 days. And it was amazing. And I went there without my family, I went there by myself and I got picked up by these relatives that, you know, spoke a very little bit of English. I spoke a little bit of Thai and I I just like passed around from like different family member to different family member and had all these amazing life experiences and this incredible adventure over there. Um, and, and, but also like really heartwarming stuff. You know, I was able to spend time with my my uncle who was dying, and so I spent the night with him at the hospital. Like as he was like passing away and stuff. This uncle that I'd barely met, um, but it was really unique. And then I could cram for tests afterwards. I remember while I was on that trip, I was like taking tests and like you know passing exams and stuff like that. But also just doing all that on my own time. So at least for me, as a working professional and as someone who was wanting to have a crazy awesome life experience, those are things I never could have done if I had been at a regular brick and mortar. But because I was doing school online. I could do all of those things and more.
1: For sure. So with that, uh, continue with the story for us, if you will. So um, you were able to work at THSC. I've um, done conferences for THSC, being homeschooled myself, so that was really, really cool to hear. Um, But coming now, uh, you are a podcaster, you are uh, an entrepreneur. How did all that transition into your current role Basically, as a storyteller, I love um, your uh, mission with uh, your podcast, which is to tell stories of uh, Christians from around the world and to encourage people. So yeah, talk to us about that. How did
2: all of that happen? Yeah, great question. So, uh, you know, interesting experience. So, you know, I finished my college career in 2014. I got married in 2015. Uh, and my wife, she's from Kansas. She was homeschooled K through 12, just like me. We were both homeschooled all the way, but like we had no mutual connect. We only had one mutual friend when we got married. So basically we had grown up in completely different homeschool circles. Like we, we knew none of the same people, just t- totally different circles. And so in 2015, we got married and then I was still working in politics at that time. I was very in- involved with a whole bunch of campaigns and political mail and all such a strategy. And by 2018, I was pretty burned out by politics. And I just realized that my heart and my affections were just like totally wrapped in the success or failure of my political candidates. Now I was only working in Texas politics. This wasn't even national politics. This is just Texas stuff. And so, uh, 2018, you know, like we had, a, we had a daughter and I was, you know, a baby, a baby girl, right? And I wasn't spending time with her, wasn't spending time with my wife. And I was just like really upset whenever our candidates did. It it was just a really unhealthy talk. And so by um, that spring, the Texas primaries had wrapped up and my wife and I took our daughter and we went on our first ever family vacation. We'd been married for three three years at this point, but had never done a vacation, right? So we just did a family vacation, just got away. And we ended up going to the Christian Worldview Film Festival, which is in uh, Nashville, Tennessee is where they held it that year. And um, we got there. And you know, I was surrounded by people that were doing filmmaking and I'd done some filmmaking also, both both in high school, um, and in my couple years, and then also for political candidates as well. So i had i dabbled in filmmaking stuff and anyways, we're at this film festival, and my wife and I we were praying about like is there something the Lord would want us to do that's different than just politics? And what are skills, what are assets that we have and that I read in a book, which I'm going to recommend to everyone right now. This book, right here, nothing to lose, everything to gain. This was written by a former gang member, actually, and uh, it's a, it's an interesting book. I wouldn't recommend everything in here, but there's some some great ideas in here. And one of the uh, things that this guy recommended, he said, whenever you're at a juncture in your life and you're trying to decide, like you know, what's the next business opportunity I need to take up or what should I do next, he suggests taking a sheet of paper and writing down every every asset relationship and resource that you have. So write down a list of like, what what stuff do you have available? Like, do you have money? How much money do you have? How much money do you have in the bank? Do you have a house? Do you have a car? How many cars do you have? Do you have access to things? Do you live close to the lake? Do you live close to the national monument? Write all that stuff down. And then write down a list of like, uh, the, the, the relationships that you have. So like, you know, I know this person, I know this person, this person, this, right? And just start writing these all down. You're going to end up with a huge list. But the point is once you end up with this huge list, then you can look and see, are there patterns? Like, are are there clusters? Because perhaps, perhaps you will realize that you have an unfair advantage. And if you have an unfair advantage, that probably means you can dominate whatever that particular niche might be. And so that's something that we started doing. My wife and I were like writing down all these different things and thinking of different things. We had a huge Google document, just with tons of stuff we've thrown in there. And as we did that, we began to think and wonder, and and, and we realized that because she and I had both grown up in two totally different social circles, we basically knew twice as many people as many other couples would, right? Because we just knew a lot of people combined. And so many of the people that we knew had really unique Christian testimony. And that was something that I had always been really interested in as a kid, like hearing someone's testimony at church was really cool to me. And we're just like, man, we know an abnormal number of people with really crazy stories of how God radically transformed their life. And we're like, you know what? What we'll do is we'll go and tell these stories and we'll put them into video format. We'll we'll turn them into short little videos and release those online. And and maybe it'll make money, maybe it won't, but that'll be at least some kind of creative outlet to do. And but then before we did the video thing, because again, you know, we're at this film festival and like, yeah, we'll make videos of them, you know. But then I was like, you know what? Videos, filmmaking, I've done that before. It's time consuming. It's expensive. Listen to this thing called podcasting. It's audio only. How hard can that be? And for those of that you that are listening and not I, I'm using air quotes. How hard can that be? You know, because uh now in retrospect it's like and for, as you guys already know, like it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And so um so that's how we ended up kind of choosing our format, our our uh you know, our topic, which was Christian testimonies, and that's how we started our podcast called Compl-
0: Hey, everyone. David here. I hope you are enjoying this episode with Paul Hastings. Just wanted to have a brief break in the conversation to remind you all that if you are interested at all in our college programs or our high school programs those being ascend equip and explore we have enrollment for all three of those that are open through the end of September we have equip for 9th through 11th grade students explore for 12th graders and ascend our signature college alternative program all three of those programs are available for enrollment if you'd like to learn more about them make sure to check it out at beunbound.us/equip explore and ascend respectively. Now back to the episode. Yeah, that, that is super cool. And, uh, so you, it sounds like you started off with just like some people that, uh, that you and your wife knew who had really interesting stories, uh, to start off with. And, but I know that, you know, you end up reaching a point to, at some point where, like, you run out of people that you directly know. Uh, how did you end up find going out and finding more people with great
2: stories that you wanted to highlight? What was that process like? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And if I could, let me backtrack just a little bit. So so when we first started out, we just started with people that we knew. So one of our very first uh, guests that we had, and I've got cards for these folks, but I don't have them in front of me right now. But um one of the first folks that we interviewed was this lady named Carol Everett. And Carol, she's like 75 now, but she was one of the very first abortion clinic owners way back in the seventies, right after Roe versus Wade. And so she had had an abortion herself back in the seventies. Um, and she in, ended up owning three different clinics. Uh, and so she was, you know, a huge abortion advocate. Big advocate, right? And she made, you know, she was personally responsible for tens of thousands of abortions that she profited off of. And the crazy thing is that all this while she called herself a Bible believing Christian, right? Like she tithed 10% of every dollar she made from her abortions back to her local church. She kept a Bible in her desk at her abortion clinic. Every morning she would wake up and pray to God, say, Dear God, please do not let any women die in my clinic today, right? And it was just like super messed up, right? Because like she would do that, she did all these things and then she would just turn right around and kill babies. That was her job and she was making money and she was like high on the hog. And then the did this crazy work in her life and I'm not gonna tell you the whole story because you gotta listen to it yourself. But he did this crazy work in her life and, and today like she's completely on the other end of the, of the spectrum and she's this huge pro-life advocate today and great lady, seven Five years old. You would never know, you would never know that was her history or her background, right? And she's just this lady, like you have no idea about this, right? And she was just this lady that I was just friends with because I just kind of known her when I was growing up. And so it was like, whoa, that's a crazy story. So, so we had to go tell that story. We had another guy, um, and he was, um, this was a friend of a friend that we got and he was this guy. He was an NFL Super Bowl champion. He won the Super Bowl twice as a, as a linebacker for the, for the San Francisco 49ers, right? And again, like, and, and when I interviewed him, he just owned a pizza shop in Wimberley, Texas, right? And that's all he did. Just a pizza shop. He had 13 children, homeschooled his kids, and no one would have any idea this guy's like a Super Bowl champ, right? And like, again, just like a crazy story. So this is just like a friend of a kind of thing. And so eventually, as we continue doing the podcast, back to your question, David, like how do we find new guests? Um, it really boils down to normally most, most guests that we find today, they are direct recommendations from our friends, or we'll receive a recommendation from someone else that's been listening. So we'll get frequent, maybe like once a week. I'll get an email from a listener, or maybe someone else has been listening, um, and and they'll either recommend themselves or someone they know or a friend. Or and so that's all. So we'll keep a big spreadsheet of all these potential guests that we might interview someday, and we'll organize them by geography. You know, we keep a list in Texas and Louisiana and Tennessee. And then when I have to travel for work or for vacation, I'll bring my podcast equipment with me, and I'll try to record those interviews while I'm down.
1: That really is the goal. I mean, getting to just travel. I mean, we at Unbound, we travel a lot. But, you know, getting to haul your uh, podcast gear around and just interview people. Um, David and I are taking notes. So. (laughs) Good. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely encouraging to hear that. Yeah. Um, So with all the people, you've interviewed a lot of um, really cool people. Uh, You know, just the guests you've mentioned, uh, the creator of Uh, Hank the cow dog all these different people i was listening to many of your episodes being really enthralled and encouraged um was there one that was like let's let's ask this question first is there a dream interview that you would love to do what would be one story that you would love to tell that's like a dream
2: you know if i if i could tell a dream interview and i I like i want to like oh this is my interview i i would love to interview brother andrew uh, and he, that guy's like really old. Yes. Now. I don't know if you guys are familiar with yeah. him, but brother Andrew, <laughs> he's probably good. Oh yeah. Now, lives he was in, in, a he hero. still lives in the Netherlands. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still alive and that's just crazy. And I don't know if he's like mentally all there or not. I, I really have no idea, but if one of our listeners that's listening right now to your show right now, if they could have a connection to help me get to brother Andrew, I would love that.
1: Hey, I mean, listeners, you're hearing this on the be unbound podcast first. So, We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully there will be an episode with brother Andrew one day. That is so cool because again, um, I grew up with God smuggler mom reading to me. That was a very formative yeah. book for me. Um, that's right. But, but with that, the, the other question I was going to ask was, uh, was there a favorite episode? I'm sure there's, you know, each episode, oh, each, yeah. Uh, guest has a different, um, story. But was there one that was the most interesting to you or you think was the most uh, fun?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Uh, You know, there are a couple of different stories that like immediately jumped to my mind. One of them is, uh, and I actually have a card for this one. I just found this. This one, her name is Kathleen Lansing and she's a homeschool mom, actually. I don't know if her kids did Unbound or not. Uh, And so she's from Virginia and I interviewed her a year ago. Kathleen just had a crazy awesome story. When I showed up to the interview, I actually thought we were going to be recording a story about something entirely different, like a different story of that she had. Uh, but to, to, to start it out, she's like, oh, well, let me tell you this other story first. And by the time she was done with that story, I was just like weeping and in tears. Was, oh, my goodness. I had no idea. And um, the, the title of this episode is called I Gave God My Two-Year-Old. It's episode 45 of Compelled. And the basic premise is that when 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 her son was two years old, he contracted uh, bacterial meningitis, and he was dying. Um, it was and Kathleen was a nurse; had seen she was a pediatric nurse actually, so she had seen many children die over the years that she knew what it looked like. And her son had all the hallmarks of like he was dying. His lungs had shut down. Uh, one of his lungs had completely collapsed. The other lung had only part of a lobe still functioning. And the doctors finally called her and her husband back. And they said, yeah, it's, it's time for you to come and say goodbye to your little boy. Um, and I'm not going to tell you what happens next. But it's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, and it's not a downer. It's not a downer. You've got to listen to that one. Okay, so that's a great story. And then one other story. Let's see if I can find a card this thing. Uh, one other story I would recommend to you guys is... Uh, this one right here with Virginia Prodan. This is episode 31. Uh, and it's about her assassin. So Virginia was a, a attorney in communist Romania defending Christians in court. And that's what she did, right? She was just defending Christians in court. And, and this is like during the eighties. And so like, if you did Christians in court, bad stuff would start happening to you, right? And she had a ton of international press and attention and and Voice of America was like, you know, covering her stuff and Radio Free Europe was covering her stuff also. And so basically the president, when I call him the president, he was really the the, the dictator, Nikolai Ceaușescu, he authorized an assassin to come and kill her. So one day she's at her office and a man walks in, closes the door, says, shut up, sit down. He pulls out a gun and says, I'm here to kill you. And then... She tells us what happens next.
1: Hmm. I love that. That story, I, I have heard before. I have not heard that ep- episode specifically. I very much look forward to it. But if you're listening, you should go listen. Um, all this will be
2: linked down below for sure. <laughs> awesome. Abraham, I, I did not realize it, Abraham, that you were a listener of Compelled until this interview. So uh, awesome. Yes. Uh, glad to meet you. Yeah, i I'm, Ha- Again, happy to share oh, your work. Yeah. So,
1: wow. Very
0: cool. So, yeah, I, I have not yet become a listener of the podcast, but especially hearing about some of these episodes, uh, I think that I am definitely going to have to start to because, yeah, some of these sound absolutely fascinating. Uh, but to uh, wrap up this interview for today, uh, sort of the final question that we would love uh, to hear from you on is having heard from all of these different people with uh, just absolutely incredible stories, what do you think are some of the most important uh, just Lessons that you have learned from, uh, whether it's just the stories of these people or from the process of talking to them, what do you think are some of the most valuable lessons that you've learned through all of this?
2: Man, that's a that's a great question, David. And really, I think there's two things that jump to my mind immediately. The first one is just this idea that like the Lord can use anybody. Right? We think about the the the, the apostles. And like, you know, God chose the most random, unlikeliest dude. He chose a tax collector who the general population hated. He chose a zealot who the tax collector would have hated. He he chose a a former persecutor of the church, the apostle Paul. He chose fishermen. I mean, so Jesus was like, you know, he just chose a wide variety of dudes to come and and, and be his disciples. Right. And when I think about that, I think about the guests that we've had on our show. And these are just ordinary folks. Like a few of the folks on our show are famous. A lot of them are nobodies, like no one's ever heard them. No one's ever heard their story. And but each of them have a unique story of like how God has changed and shaped their life. And God's been really powerful in their life. And there's no like, you know, like, oh, you know, if you if you if you're like this hyper awesome spiritual Christian, then this thing will happen. That's not the case. God works in different people's lives in different ways for different seasons, for different purposes, for different times. Uh, And I think it's just really cool to see that God is using everybody. Um, And the second thing that really came to me is like, you know, as we've been doing this show, is that, you know, you have to trust the Lord. Sometimes crazy circumstances happen. I think, again, about Virginia, right? Crazy circumstance. Uh, An assassin is there to kill her. What is she going to do? Or I think about Athleen. Her son is two years old. He's at the ER and he is dying. What's she going to do? Um, I think about all these other guests that we've had and like, what are those people going to do? And, and really that's been an encouragement to me. And sometimes we have happy endings on our, our podcast episodes. Sometimes we have kind of like what we would call sad endings, but Hey, that's real life. And that's what God really does sometimes. Right. And even when we have those sad endings, God is still in control, right? God was still the same God back when Joseph was thrown into prison, just like he was the same God when Joseph was released from prison. And just because the ending of the story changed a little bit in between, God was still the same God. During the beginning, the middle, and the end. And that's the same true same thing is true in our lives series as well. So uh yeah. I hope that answered your question, David.
0: Uh, absolutely. That is uh some phenomenal, phenomenal lessons that I think are incredibly encouraging uh in just about any uh life of a believer for sure. So Paul, thank you so much for joining us and uh, telling us about your journey and about how uh, you have been able to highlight these stories, these testimonies of how God has been working in these different people. And as we've mentioned, we would highly, highly encourage anybody listening to this to check out your podcast. Uh, just I am going to give the floor to you. Uh, just let people know where they can find it and uh, where they should
2: go to do that. Sure. You could tune in by listening to your favorite podcast app and searching for Compelled. So we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Pandora, anywhere where you can find podcasts will be there. So search for Compelled, or you could visit our website, compelledpodcast.com.
0: Well, once again, Paul, thank you so, so much for joining us on this episode. And uh, we look forward to hearing, uh, I believe that this podcast, this episode is going to be airing right after the first episode of your next season is coming out. So for everyone who is right. listening,
2: uh, they I believe they just started their fifth season. That's right. On September 12th. So awesome, guys. Thank you for letting me come and share with you guys as well. It's been a great uh, joy to kind of get to know you guys as well and see what you guys are doing behind the
1: scenes. 100%. Yeah, looking forward to more dialogue with you and your ministry. And uh, this has been great. So thank you so much for spending your time with us. Thanks, guys. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this amazing conversation with Paul. I just want to once again remind you that if you are interested in what Paul just said with his uh, ministry, especially the Compelled podcast, once again, please go check it out. We will have it all linked below. As he just mentioned, it is on all uh, podcast platforms from Spotify
0: to wherever else you find your podcasts. And we thank you here on the Be Unbound podcast for joining us for this episode of Unbound Conversations. Next week, we will be diving into another episode of Unbound Talks, where I will be joined by some members of our staff as we discuss some of the reasons why we do things the way we do here at Unbound. So we look forward to you all joining us for that episode next week. Once again, thank you all so much for joining us. And as always... Be Unbound.